0: And today we're actually we're in this message series where we're talking about a guy named Peter who was a very unlikely disciple. In other words, there were ways at which uh, Peter's life didn't really seem what you'd expect from a disciple. He Sometimes he really had together, but other times he really didn't. Uh, and, but today we're going to look at how God used him to do miracles, signs, and wonders. Uh, we're going to look at just one, maybe two of those in his life. Uh, there are a number of those, and it's a really interesting kind of pairing that we have today with talking about miracles on the day where we also remember those who have gone on before us. It's a good, maybe a healthy tension of the fact that we, we pray for miracles, we pray for the sick, we pray for those who are hurting, many different types of miracles, but we also live in a world that is not as God created it. Because we know, as we saw those folks on the screen today, I bet many of us are reminded of folks who we know of, maybe those or others who have gone on before us this past year. Or maybe for others of us, we have some physical ailments in our lives right now that we're suffering for, from, or we have loved ones who are in the same position. And these things are a reminder of the fact that this world is not the way God created it. If you go back to Genesis 1, this world was not created for for sin. It was not created for death. It was not created for suffering. These are things that came as a result uh, suffering, death, they came as a result of our sins, that God didn't want them, but it is the way that we have things in the world today. And so miracles are an opportunity for us to see the work of God in the midst of a world that is fallen and broken. Uh, Real simply a miracle occurs when the supernatural Interrupts the natural to display God's power Okay, so when when something supernatural happens in the midst of our very natural world and we say that's got to be God I I don't know how else to explain it that must be God at work because you see when Jesus came he came and he gave his life for us to break the power of sin and death. The Bible says it this way in Isaiah chapter 53, uh, verse 5. It says that Jesus, this is prophesying about Jesus, he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so that we could be made whole, he was whipped so that we could be healed. You might say, well, that doesn't make sense. How does somebody get beaten so another person gets saved? Well, remember, the fact is that my sins are the reason why Jesus had to go to the cross. That when Jesus went to the cross, that he gave his life for me and for you, he broke the power of sin and death so that we could be healed, so that we could be made whole, so that we don't have to live in this brokenness for all of eternity. But right now, when we give our lives to Jesus, right now we live in the midst of a tension. Uh, we, we step into the kingdom of God, but not fully. We're not fully there yet. That comes uh, in eternity. After we, we die, we go to heaven, like the saints that we celebrated earlier today. And so today, we, we live in this tension between the where we're at and the not fully there yet. Well, today I want to tell you a story of uh, when Peter healed someone, but it wasn't really Peter healing. It was God moving through Peter, because this is the reason why we have miracles, to point our attention to God. You see that healing is a physical sign that salvation is real. When we we experience, when we witness healing, it's a physical sign that that God is on the move, that salvation is real, and that, that he's working in our world. Um, so let's jump right to the scriptures uh, here in the book of Acts. Uh, there are a number of different healing stories in Acts, and really it references way back to what Jesus was doing in his healing work. Uh, when Jesus was here, uh, we know of 26 different people that he healed. Uh, beyond that, there were many who were healed uh, that he didn't even name them or tell their stories. So healing was very commonplace when Jesus was on earth. But what about after Jesus died and rose from the dead and ascended into heaven? Is healing still happening, or did Jesus take that with him? Was that just something while he was here? Well, we see in Peter's life and Paul's life and the other apostles that healing was not temporary, it was for the long term, that this is a work that God does even still today. Um, So in, in Acts, Peter is traveling around, and he's doing ministry, and there one day he encounters a person Uh, who's in need of healing. In fact, this man's name is Aeneas, and Aeneas has been paralyzed for eight years and bedridden that whole time. Let's check out the scripture here. Meanwhile, Peter traveled from place to place, and he came down to visit the believers in the town of Lydda. There he met a man named Aeneas who had been paralyzed and bedridden for eight years. Imagine that, eight years. You can't get out of bed. I know we have friends who worship with us online because you don't have the physical ability to get here anymore, and we know that you are part of this church, we are praying for you, we're praying for your healing, we're praying for God to be with you right where you're at today. And some of you here, you know this pain of, uh, at times in your life of not being able to get out and about like you used to be able to do, and that's a really, really difficult thing to go through. Well, this had been this man's story for eight years. Imagine the the pain, the difficulty, and this is before you've got TV and the internet and modern HVAC and the things that would make being bedridden a little bit more tolerable. He didn't have any of that stuff. It was a really difficult life that he lived in. So Peter, he, he went and he met with him, and Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up, Roll up your sleeping mat, and he was healed instantly. That's awesome. I I love this story. In fact, the NIV says he says that he told him, "Get up and make your bed." Some of you just found the new verse you're going to post on your teenagers' wall, right? Get up, make your bed. It's biblical, you know. But he tells him to get up and walk. He he can do this now. Why did Peter heal him? Nope, wasn't Peter Jesus Christ heals you. Jesus Christ heals you. It's a testimony. This miracle is a testimony of the fact that Jesus is still healing people. He's not done. He didn't go up to heaven and and leave healing behind. Forget about that. No, no, no. He's still healing people, and he's using the apostles to do it. But why? What's the point? Well, it's great for Aeneas, right? This is wonderful for him. We're glad that he can walk now, but there's actually a deeper reason, and we see that in the very next verse. The whole population of Lydda and Sharon, these are two small towns. They're right about where the um, Tel Aviv airport is today. The, The whole population of these towns saw Aeneas walking around, and they turned to the Lord. Makes sense, right? I mean, they've known that this guy for eight years, he's been bedridden. I bet some of them took him meals. I bet many of them prayed for him. I hope all of them felt compassion in their heart for this guy who's just going through such hard times. And, and, and they say, what's he doing walking around? Aeneas, how did this happen? What, what, did you see this, some doctor or what happened? Nope, Peter came. And he told me about Jesus and Jesus Christ Christ made me better. Now, that is a sign, that's a miracle that points us to the Lord, that makes us say, you know, I, I want to know this Jesus. If he can do that, well, well I want to know him. And what we see in those verses are really the second miracle of the day, and it's an even better miracle than the first miracle. I, I, I mean, not to, to poo-poo some guy's healing, right? That's great, but, but let me tell you, two towns, all of them coming to Jesus, that's a big deal, That's incredible. Their lives are changed and they are healed. They're healed in their spirit, whereas he was healed in his body. So followers of Jesus, if you're asked, have you been healed? The answer is always yes. Maybe you have or have not received it physically in your body, but we've received it in our spirit, that that our lives have been changed and transformed. So it leads us to some questions. We might say, well, okay, but what about when people pray and they they don't get healed. Is Jesus real? Does he love them? Does he care about them? Did they not pray right? Did they have the not right person praying for them? Did they not have enough faith? All of these things they get asked. And, and friend, the Bible never says that Jesus will heal every time we pray for it. I understand there's folks who interpret it that way, but I don't believe that they're right. Because if God has to heal every time John prays and asks, then that means, well, really, John's the one in charge, not God. And we're clear, that's not how it works. God is the one who's all-powerful. God can choose to heal when we pray. He can, he can do that. That's possible. I've seen it happen. I believe in it. It's real. We've seen it happen in this church before. This isn't just something for old times. This is something for today, too. But also, there may be times we pray and God says, wait. In fact, that's actually Aeneas' story. I mean, how many times do you think he prayed in those eight years? Do you think he laid there and he's like, oh, man, I should have thought of this, Peter. Thanks for bringing up the prayer idea. No. This is a guy who'd been praying for years. His family has been praying for years. Jesus had walked this earth for three years. Now, maybe he didn't see this man, but he walked this earth for three years, and and he wasn't healed in that time, but yet this day Peter comes, and Jesus decides to heal. Sometimes the answer is yes. Sometimes the answer is wait. And finally, sometimes the answer is wait until heaven. And that's a tough one, because we don't want that one. We want it now. I want it now. But the fact is, for followers of Jesus, that we have hope of a world that is a place restored to the way God originally made it. No more suffering, no more sorrow, no more death, no more sin. These things, gone. Those were all the effects of sin, washed away, clean. We've got heavenly bodies then that don't go through the things that our earthly bodies go through, thanks be to God. So sometimes the answer is to wait. Now, at times, Christians, we, we, get, this, we get this confused because we, we, we desperately want people to be healed. So we say things like, well, if you had enough faith, you'd be made whole. But the problem with that is, again, it puts us in charge, not God. And, and second, there are many examples of faithful people in the Bible who are not healed. The Apostle Paul healed many people through the power of Jesus, yet talks about an, a thorn in his flesh that wasn't removed, even though he asked three different times. Another time, Paul's talking about a traveling companion who he says was not able to travel with him. Why? Because he was sick. This is Paul who heals people and for whatever reason. I'm sure he prayed for that guy. He wanted him to come along. For some reason that day, God chose not to heal. God has that right because God is God. You and I are not. And we've got to be okay with that. That there's going to be times we're healed here, and there's going to be times that we're healed in eternity. And we've got to trust that. Please, don't ever look at somebody and say, if you only had more faith, God would heal you. That there are times in the Bible where Jesus looks at a person and he says, your faith has made you well. There are other times where he looks at someone and says, he saw the faith of their friends. Remember the guy who got dropped through the roof, right? Healed that way. It was the faith of the friends. And then there are other times where God heals and there's no indication of faith or even expectation. Like the guy who was waiting there at the, te- the door of the temple one day, Peter and John, they see him and he's just looking for money. He's not even looking at him. Peter's like, Look at me. I don't have any money, but here's what I do have get up and walk in the name of Jesus Christ. And it happens. he The man's not even expecting it. So God can heal in whatever way God chooses. God does miracles, signs, and wonders to help us to know him, to trust him, to follow him. That's the purpose of these things. And we've got to trust that God is going to do God's work whenever and however God wants. And I trust God because he's faithful, he's God, and I am not. Very simply, miracles prove that Jesus is alive and he's working in our lives, Miracles prove that Jesus is alive and he's working in our lives. I want to tell you one more quick miracle story from Peter. It was actually right after that. It's the next verses in the chapter. Uh, they, there is, uh, we'll just jump to, Acts, uh, to the verse 36 of that chapter there. There's a believer in Joppa named Tabitha, which in Greek is Dorcas. So if you were uh, Tabitha, you'd probably prefer the uh, Aramaic name, Tabitha, not the Greek name, Dorcas. Sorry about that. She was always kind and doing things for others and helping the poor. About this time, she became ill and died. Her body was washed for burial and laid in an upstairs room. So see, here we have a person who is just a wonderful person, follower of Jesus. People love her, all this stuff. They prayed for her, and yet she still died. They're making the funerals prep, funeral preparation. Verse 38, But as the believers heard that Peter was nearby at Lydda, so they sent two men to beg him, Please come as soon as possible. So Peter returned with them. As soon as he arrived, they took him to the upstairs room. The room was filled with widows who were weeping and showing him the coats and other clothes that Dorcas had made for them. But Peter asked them all to leave the room. Then he knelt and prayed. Turning to the body, He said, get up, Tabitha. And she opened her eyes. When she saw Peter, she sat up. So this is like the shortest funeral ever, right? He comes out, hey, funeral's all done. Good news, Tabitha's going to be joining us for lunch today. It'll be great. So he gave her his hand and helped her up. Then he called in the widows and the believers, and he presented presented her to them alive. Wow. God is can even raise the dead. In fact, when Christians pray for the dead to be raised, the answer is 100% yes. It's only a matter of timing. Sometimes it could happen like this. I haven't seen it, but sometimes it could happen here on this earth. Most of the times, it happens in eternity. When we die here, when we remember these saints who've gone before us today, we know that we didn't say goodbye We said, we'll see you later. We know, we know that we serve a God who is bigger than this earth and the miracles, signs, and wonders draw us to him, cause us to trust in him, to put our faith in him because he is greater than death. Friend, hope does not end when life ends. Our hope is much bigger than this world. And once again, verse 42, the news spread throughout the whole town and many believed in the Lord. Why? Because again, miracles are proof that Jesus is alive and he's working in our lives. So friend, I pray that today that God would work in powerful ways in your life. I don't believe that miracles ended a long time ago. No, I believe they are real for today. Mark's going to be up here praying. Others, or pra- members of our prayer team will be praying after service. You might come and pray for healing, for a miracle in your life. I believe God can do that. We're going to be praying at Salem tonight at 6 o'clock. You might come and pray right there. And if God gives you a yes, praise God. If God gives you a wait, I'm sorry that you're waiting, but praise God. And if God gives you a no, not here on this earth, we're going to wait till heaven, praise God. He is good, and he's faithful, and he's bigger than this world. So God, we trust in you. We need you. We thank you for miracles, signs, and wonders that help us to know that you are real, that you are powerful, that you are God. We put our trust in you this day. Lord, I pray for those who are here today who've been praying for a miracle, waiting for a miracle, and haven't received it. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to have the faithfulness to continue to trust you and to pray to you. Maybe for us it's year seven and year eight is right around the corner. Or maybe for us, we'll see that healing in heaven. Regardless, God, we just choose to trust you. Because you have proven time and time again that you are faithful, that you are righteous, that you are worthy of our praise, worthy of our admiration, worthy of our trust. And now, Lord, as we gather at your table, we believe that there's healing power in this sacrament. We believe that, Jesus, that you came, that we might be made whole, that your body was broken, that ours could be healed, body, mind, and spirit. And I just pray that you would do that kind of work in us as we celebrate together. Lord, we love you, and we pray this in Jesus' name, amen.